another edition of the Boilers Extra Podcast coming at you on this Tuesday evening after Purdue basketball beats Oakland 93-50 to at Mack Arena in the home opener. And boy, was that eerie. Yeah, just not, um, just with no fans there other than family members and close, close friends and cardboard cutouts. Um, just a strange and uh, eerie scene at Mackey Arena. And it's being played out across the country. It's just not Mackey. You know, Michigan State played at Duke tonight and there's no fans there. And uh, Kentucky and Kansas played at Baker's Life Fieldhouse and there's no fans there. And um, it's just the way it is. And But it's just, you know, uh, Purdue played the hype video uh, before the game where the, the, the R House... Um, theme and it's just it's just odd not having the paint crew there not having fans there not having the band there not having really anybody there uh, you know you have a couple walk-ons hit some threes late you know the the crowd would have been into that and you know they would have loved Zach Eady uh, and what he's going to bring this year so it's just you know something, something we all have to get used to um, it's different, but while, while some things were different, there were some things that were the same. And uh, some, a lot of that was Purdue hitting threes at home, which, you know, from last year that when they got going at home hitting three-point shots, uh, they never really slowed down. Finished with 17 tonight. Uh, really good, really, really good floor performance, overall performance from uh, Sasha Stefanovic. Uh, six threes, seven assists, which is something he took a lot of pride in after the game uh, because he's a shooter. Uh, shooters usually don't pass. Uh, when they get their open look or they get their ball, it usually stays with them and, until they get a shot. Uh, for him to hit six threes and also have a hand in, in seven other baskets, that's a, I think that's a, that's a solid performance by him. And, and, I, and I think if you watch the game... Um, or if you're if you're going to watch the game, you know Purdue kind of slogged its way through the first 10 minutes. They had, you know, a lot of unforced turnovers, which ended up being five, um, and they were just kind of there. Uh, but then things kind of took off, and they hit some threes and got their defense going, and they got out of transition. But a lot of that was also um, the, the leadership component from Stefanovic and some other guys to to kind of push this team uh, forward. Uh, you know they got a lot of young guys, a lot of young talented guys that will be excellent players and excellent leaders at some point. But this is only game three for a lot of these. Uh, you know for Ethan Morton and Brandon Newman and um, you know Zach Eady. Uh, so you know they've they've got a lot of learning to do, not only on the court but how to you know present some sort of leadership component as well. And I thought Sasha did a good job, and the players talked about it after the game, uh, about how he, you know, kind of rallied the troops together, and you know, you know, let's go, because uh, Purdue had a lot of slow starts last year uh, in their games, uh, and then would need, you know, dig themselves a hole and then try to get out of it, and they just didn't have the firepower to do it. And you know, as you know, Purdue is also missing Eric Hunter Jr., uh, who who's going to be a big leadership guy for Purdue along with a, a good defensive guy and a guy running the point and you know also missing Jade Divey uh, who, who's obviously a, a player that can get his points off the dribble 
and in some other ways as well. But, you know, I thought Sasha was kind of the, the ringleader tonight. And, you know, Brandon Newman um, just really looks comfortable. He looks really good um, in the three games that Purdue has played so far. And not just because he scored. He scored 21 tonight on 7-11 shooting, hit some threes. But I, he's a guy that really can get his shot from a lot of different places on the floor. You know, from the, the deep corner and threes, from the top of the key three, but from the high post area, uh, he can drive to the basket. Uh, he's athletic enough and he's strong enough to withstand contact and get get his uh, production that way. I mean, he's a guy that you can move uh, around the floor a lot and get his offense from different places. He's not, he's just not a one this is where I get my offense from type of guy. Uh, he can get it in a variety of ways. Uh, and I, you know, I think that's really going to be something really interesting to watch, uh, with him throughout the year is where, where the majority of his offense comes from. And, you know, again, he hit some threes tonight, which helped, but just, settling into the high post, settling into the lane area, settling into the, the mid-range jumper. Um, the kid has a lot of skills, and I, you know, we're just scratching the surface with him as far as w- what he's going to be uh, throughout his career. Um, and he's very strong, and I, I really think the redshirt year um, did wonders for him. I, I really do. and Because if you think back to um, this the exhibition game they played last year when him and Mason Gillis did play um, you know he was nervous he was a little shaky you know he settled in a little bit and I you know I think I think if he would have played last year eventually he would have settled into some things and would have helped the team but I, I really think what you're seeing right now from Brandon Newman is a direct result of him redshirting and Taking that year, taking all the lessons he learned in practice, taking all the two-on-two games he played with Mason Gillis against Grady Eifert and P.J. Thompson before the games, uh, and just everything that he could learn last year. Um, and he watched what last year's team went through as far as the struggles, uh, you know, the poor passing, the bad decisions. Um, he definitely ups uh, a lot of those categories, and I, I think you know he, he's you know he's going to have some issues just because it's a long year and you run into those. But uh, I think in the first three games he's shown that he's a guy that's you know here to stay, and he's a guy that's going to be an impact player uh, for this team. Um, you know, Purdue hit a lot of threes tonight, and as I said at the beginning, you, you know, you know when. They do that. They're, they get on a roll, and they're hard to stop. Uh, they struggled a little bit defensively early, but I think once they settled in and started rebounding and getting out in transition, things were fine, and they, they shared the ball extremely well. Now, this wasn't Clemson. Uh, this wasn't a Clemson team that really got up in their shorts. You know, Oakland played zone. Uh, they played zone all year. Uh, Oakland hasn't had a lot of practices because of COVID situations. They're using their games as practices. Um, and, you know, they haven't won. They played Michigan tough. Uh, but, 
you know, Purdue came out, hit the threes early, uh, got control of the game, and that was it. Um, and you know, with you know, if teams are going to zone Purdue, first of all, you got to worry about the shooters, but second of all, you got to worry about the bigs inside with Travion Williams and Zach Eady. Uh, you know, even though you are playing zone, you're trying to protect uh, the big guys from from having a big night. Um, you you got to worry about them, and uh, I think that's going to be an issue for for a lot of teams. But as long as Purdue doesn't turn the ball over like they did against Clemson, they're going to have those opportunities. I, I still think 12 turnovers in this game, way too many for Purdue uh, against that defense, against a, not a strong pressure defense, a uh, team that played zone a lot. I, I think that's still a high number, but uh, they had five in the first 10 minutes, and then they had one the remaining uh, part of the half. Uh, and that's when they went on their big run um, and, and put the game away. So, I mean, turnovers are going to be key for this team because, I, you know, I think they have enough weapons offensively and they will have enough weapons offensively when Hunter and Ivy get back to really have a chance to, to up their production. Um, and Travion Williams is not going to shoot 11 for 30 over a three-game stretch throughout the year. Uh, and that's... You know, that, that's something uh, that bears watching. I, I really do think that's bear, bears watching. I, I, you know, he's not taking hard shots. Uh, the ball's just not going in right now. Uh, but he's 11 for 30 in his first three games. That definitely has to improve. Um, he's rebounding well. Uh, he's had double-digit rebounding's in the fir- rebounds in the first three games twice. So he's rebounding well. Uh, he's getting the necessary breaks when when Zach comes into the game. Uh, you know, Zach is shooting 82 percent, and he, he might lead the nation in field goal percentage when this is all said and done. And I mean, when you dunk it or shoot from two feet from the basket, you should lead the nation in field goal percentage. But there were a couple times tonight where Edie brought the ball down and he got it stolen. Um, so uh, you know, he's got to be. You know, and he'll learn. He'll get better. Um, I mean, he's a guy. I think this. You know, he's going. As we've talked about before, he's going to be a productive player for this team and this program throughout his career. Um, and I'm just really, I'm, I'm really, really interested in the matchups as as we get into the Big Ten. Uh, as far as you know, the Iowas of the world, the Illinois of the world, and you know, the the Big Ten teams that have really good big men. And how they deal with him, um, and how Zach deals with Luca Garza and uh, and Coburn and, and players like that. It'll be it'll be really interesting and fun to watch how those matchups unfold. But Purdue needs Travion Williams to to get going, uh, and you know, they got a game Valpo on Friday, but they really need to get him going as as you look ahead to Miami in the Big Ten ACC Challenge. That is, quote-unquote, the next test that's coming up. And um, you know, they're going to need, you know, I, I don't know if Purdue can win big games uh, with Travion shooting uh, whatever 11 of 30 is from the field. Uh, he was 4 of 12 tonight. I, I don't know if Purdue can win big games against good competition, uh, against Big Ten competition on a consistent basis. Sure, when you hit 17 threes, it you're going to win that game, but you're not going to hit 17 threes every night. 
and you know Purdue proved that over the long haul last year because they would have you know big shooting nights at home but then go one of 15 on the road um, so um, those are just a few observations from uh, tonight's game uh, everybody got in and and again, the, the walk-ons joined the, the three-point party uh, at the end of the game. Uh, and, you know, Purdue got a nice victory. They got a, got a, got a quality, you know, just got a win. Uh, they needed they needed to do some things well uh, from a uh, from a turnover standpoint. But, you know, that those numbers need to come down. Uh, I, I just think that's, that's too high for uh, a team uh, that doesn't play really pressure defense. And, you know, Miami is going to play pressure defense. Everybody's going to use that Clemson film as a, as a way to, to rattle Purdue. And, um, and they, they've got to learn to, they've got to learn to deal with that. And, you know, until they do, there's still, you know, teams are going to come after them. You, you know, you hope, you know, at least in the next week or two, you get Eric Hunter back. You know, Jade Nivey probably is going to be out another couple weeks. Uh, so, uh, you know, Purdue's still still going to be shorthanded. Um, you'd like to get one of them back at least for the Miami game, and then ideally, uh, both of them are back by the time you uh, you get going in the Big Ten season, uh, which uh, it's December 16th. Uh, they got a stretch there at December 16th uh, where they play um, they play Ohio State, and then they got the crossroads. And then you're playing Iowa, then you're playing Maryland, um, then you're playing Rutgers, you're playing Illinois. You're really jumping into the deep end of the Big Ten. So, you know, I, I, it'd be ideal if they got everybody back uh, with a game under their belt before they played the Big Ten. But, you know, you take them when you get them. But anyway, appreciate you stopping by. This is kind of an abbreviated version of the uh, uh, the Boilers Extra podcast on this Tuesday. Uh, basketball's back in action on uh, Friday against Valparaiso, and then football uh, hosting Nebraska on uh, on Saturday, uh, trying to break the the three game uh, losing streak. Uh, in case you missed it, Ahmad Anderson put his name in the transfer portal today. Um, the the receiver, um, uh, you know, not a not a surprise. You know, Jared Sparks has uh, has left the program. Uh, so you've had a couple of receivers who aren't getting the, the amount of playing time and the amount of reps uh, that they think they should be getting um, and probably won't be getting in the near future based on uh, what's at the position. But, you know, that's just that's just the way it goes. You know, Purdue still has a lot of depth at receiver. They'll they'll rotate and and work some other players in there from a from that standpoint. Again, appreciate you stopping by. Uh, we'll be back uh, later in the week. Uh uh, to to look a look back at the basketball game and also maybe uh, look ahead to the uh, football game coming up against Nebraska. Uh, thanks again and uh, have a good day.